Welcome to the Operation Miss Podcast, where we provide moms with tools to survive pregnancy and thrive postpartum. From healthcare providers and organizations to Miss Moms and moms who survive near-death complications, each conversation will equip moms to have a safer motherhood journey, whether preparing for pregnancy, currently pregnant, or recovering postpartum. It is our sincere prayer that all women who listen will leave with a missed mentality, one where she asks questions unashamedly so she can have what she needs to make an informed decision, where she has more trust in her body's design than she does in medical intervention, and where she allows her data to guide her lifestyle so she shows up to motherhood in her best health. Now, let's listen to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Operation Miss Podcast. I'm supposed to be telling y'all what we talk about, but I'm so excited today. I'm so excited. Okay, where we bring on lovely guests to help equip you to show up to pregnancy as healthy as possible, get through pregnancy without going through any unnecessary complications, and then thrive following delivery. Because we know that the risk of something happening does not end after we deliver. Sometimes things arise afterwards and we deserve to have support all along the way. And so today I want to reintroduce you all. So if you've been listening to the podcast from the very beginning, then you know about Gwen and Betty. Okay. You know about her, her lovely husband, her precious child. And so now she has had a second one. And just to watch this journey has been such a such a privilege. And so Gwen, I know I'm going to let you introduce yourself and your lovely family, but it's so beautiful because I got to see how between pregnancies, you loved your baby before she even got here, right? Like you were making decisions so that when I get pregnant, when I carry, when I deliver, I'm going to be in the best position possible. And so Addie Grace was well-loved before she was even born. And not just by you, but by your entire village. And we keep hearing now, you know, it takes a village, it takes a village. It really does, but not everybody has the type of village that you have. And so to be able to see it really come full circle, really from the first birth to the second, and how you were able to utilize, utilize that loving village that you had, because you just knew more right? You knew more and you were better equipped. And so your journey, I share it so often that I'm happy we finally get to record it so that people can hear it from your point of view. But the way your husband loves you, the way your family loves you, and then the way that you love everyone around you is really admirable. And I just think it's the key. It's the key to combating maternal death. You know, women are dying. They don't have to. And if they can latch on to the keys that you're going to share, uh, from your from your experience, I think that they'll be a lot better off. So please go ahead and introduce yourself to the people and reintroduce yourself to some people. Um, I just love you and I'm excited to talk to you today. Yes, so I am Gwen. Um, they're not in the room now, but I'm pretty sure they're going to make a guest appearance. My husband, Nick, our um, three-year-old son, Nikki J, and our beautiful, she is five months today, Addie Grace. <laughs> So yes, yes, that is our family, our sweet little family. 
Yes, yes. Okay, so you got to tell us. So for the people who did not hear your first and just kind of as a summary, tell us about your first pregnancy experience and uh, delivery and postpartum recovery. Just kind of give us a little summary and then we'll jump into what you did between pregnancies to show up differently to your second one. Okay, so quick summary of my first pregnancy. So um, before we became pregnant, so when we um, got married, in 2015, I say around 2016, we were ready, like, okay, we're ready to have kids. Um, fast, it actually took us um, a while. 2019 is when we got pregnant. So during that time, we were trying to figure out what was going on. I was going to different doctors, and it was strange because their remedy, everyone said the same thing. Um, like, oh, you just have PCOS, or oh, um, we need to put you um, on some birth control or something to stabilize your cycle. And basically, um, where we were, the doctors were just rereading the chart, just saying the same thing. And so there was never really a solution. And so um, I ended up going to a natural medicine doctor. He was just like, hey, let's just do a body reset. Let's just, you know, let's do some clean eating, hydration. He was just like, um, hold off on these medications the doctors are so let's just let's just do a body reset um you know lose some weight you know do some exercising and let's just see how that does for your body and like in 30 days like he told me he let's try whole 30 30 days body just reset After 30 days reset cycles were fine and then i just continued to maintain that and then in 2019 we became pregnant with nikki j and so through that pregnancy we were just so excited to be pregnant we were like oh my gosh we're pregnant <laughs> we were just so excited about being pregnant we were just like you know everything's gonna be sunshine rainbows and you can't tell us nothing <laughs> it, that's just what it's gonna be and so um we were just so excited about it. Um, we had, as we were going to doctor's appointments, I had scheduled my doctor in the same city that my husband was working so that he would be able to come with me to my doctor's appointments. And so the office was just five minutes from his job. So at that time they were overlapped at work. So he was able to like sneak away and come with me to my appointments. And so we noticed, um, in the beginning, it, it was fine. Everything was going good. But we noticed as it got closer and closer to my due date, like my blood pressure was creeping up. Uh, we did ask the doctors if there was something that we could get to keep get it down. They were just like, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. And it was getting up there. But they were just like, no, this is fine. It's normal with pregnancy. And basically, you know, they just kind of just brushed it off that it, it was going to be okay. And so I was going in there, blood pressure was like 145 over like 92. And it just kept going up, up, up until finally um, I was, and I wasn't seeing the same doctor. I was, when I went to the doctor's office, it was never the same doctor. And so my, the main doctor I saw at the beginning, I saw him for my first few appointments, but as it got closer to my delivery date, like, it was always a different provider and they were just kind of like, well, we'll just let him know and we'll see what he says. But when I would come back for follow up, it was still, it would be another provider. Mm -hmm. um, I got to about 33 weeks and then they were just like, well, we're going to need you to come in every few days because um, we're just concerned about your blood pressure. And so keep in mind, I picked an uh, office close to my husband's job. So that was like 45 minutes away from the house. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's a lot of driving every three days for an up or like we were like what's going on um 
ended up the last time I went to the appointment, they were just like, you have to go to the hospital for some observation. Got there, the doctor was like, no, immediately, this baby needs to come out. They sent us to Macon. I had, um, I was in there for three days and they said baby has to come out due to preeclampsia. I had a C-section. Um, I was in the hospital for about a week post, um, post delivery. My baby was in the NICU for a month. Oh. Then yeah, Nikki J was in for exactly one month. He was there for one month. Um, and then we went home and then we just, you know, new parents, first baby, the peak of COVID, it was 2020. And so we were just like, we don't want anybody here. Like we just got him home. We don't want him to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, um, and so we were just, you know, just trying to get a rhythm. Um, and Nick's job at the time, he um, he was just working three days on, and then he was off, and so it was, it was interesting. It was interesting because our due date wasn't until July, so his vacation, his time off didn't start until July. So we had Nick, our son in May, and so May and June, like my husband was still working until the time off came for when his actual due date was in July, and that's when he was able to get off from work um, and be home with me, and so. It was, I would definitely say recovery was a lot difficult because um, the, my main, my main partner <laughs> was not able to be there um, with me throughout. Um, I mean, after we had our son, it wasn't until like almost two months later, then he was able to be present for the recovery process and my blood pressure was still high. And um, until I met Catherine and <laughs> was introduced to Operation Miss, my cousin, Tiana Harris. Tiana Harris. <laughs> my cousins were coming through to check on check on us and love on us. And um Tiana had just found out she was pregnant and she was listen, yeah, it's 2021, so she was pregnant. So she she was um um being monitored and she was asking me, you know, just having heart to heart, mom to mom, like, how are you doing? How are you recovering? And I was just like, you know, I was being transparent, like I'm it's not going as I thought it would. I'm still struggling with my blood pressure. Doctors are saying the same thing. Just take this medicine and then you'll be fine. And I just told her I didn't feel comfortable taking it because I, I just, I really felt like the medicine was trying to take me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not funny, but I, that's how I felt. I would take it and I was just like, it's dropping my heart rate too low. I'm not able to take care of my son with taking this medicine. It's like, it's been over a year since I had my son. And the only thing that um, the OBGYN or primary care doctor is saying is just you just need to be consistent with taking this medicine. And I'm just like, if I take this medicine as prescribed, as consistent, then like I would not be here because I can feel it doing something to me. And so and I, I kept like switching doctors and I was just getting the same result. So um, when Tiana told me about Operation Mist, I was just like, I was on my last leg. I was like, I don't have nothing to lose. So I was just like, and if my cousin trusts her, I trust her too. And so, um, and I'll just never forget, um, John had gave me Catherine's phone number and I called her. It was just like the hugest sigh of relief, like from, oh my God, I'm like, I'm trying not to cry, but it, it's just gonna happen. But it was just such a huge sigh of relief for me because I had been to see so many people and I wasn't heard. And then just that one conversation just put me at ease that someone else had experienced what I went through. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm 
I cry all the time. Believe me, it's coming. But um, it's just that moment. Like, it's just been such a blessing to have this organization and to have um, all these incredible women in my life. And so it's just been up and up. <laughs> it's just been up and up. But I will never forget my first experience and how rough it was and feeling like, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be here to see my son grow up because I wasn't, I wasn't able to recover and I wasn't feeling, and I could, I could feel myself just dwindling and just reaching out to different lifelines and just, I wasn't getting better. <laughs> wow. You know, Gwen, um, I just, I think about your story and I think about all the different aspects of it that I want to just pull out right now. Number one, you told your doctors over and over again, my blood pressure is high, my blood pressure is high, my blood pressure is high. And some people say, well, the solution is to tell somebody else. And so you told somebody else and nothing happened. It is so frustrating to be in that situation um, and not have a choice. You chose a provider that was close to your husband's job. So instead of you are having to choose between having your husband by your side, yes, having providers who will listen to you, it's a very hard choice to make. And so swapping providers is not always as hard, as easy as people think that it is. But what I will say is Y'all didn't take the easy road the second time, right? So you were just like, easy or not, nope. we are making this happen. And exactly. and I and so that part I had to had to bring out. And then in terms of what happened afterwards, it is to have a NICU experience. I don't know if people understand how hard that is, how hard it is to bond, how hard it is to function, how hard it is to be separated from your child, sometimes from your support person because only one person goes to the NICU while you're staying. I mean, it's it's a difficult, it's difficult to navigate that. But what I want to say is you being honest with Tiana is is what we need to understand is okay tiana asking the question that as a mom from a mom's perspective right because now she's on baby number three so she knows number three <laughs> right she knows that it's not always as easy as people think it is and so her asking that question just shows the extent of her love for you and her understanding that sometimes you may not want to say how hard it is but if someone asks the question that you'll be more open and then she can, we can then provide solutions. And so for anybody listening, Gwen's transparency is what's gotten her a lot, like a lot of the help that she has received is, has been, been because she was willing to be vulnerable. Yes. And when I think about God and, you know, the verse that talks about his strength being made perfect in our weakness, I think that in that verse, he's also telling us, I provided people who can be strong in your weakness too, yeah. but you have to be vulnerable with them just like you are with me. And so I am grateful. You have no idea. I remember where I was when I was talking with you and I remember how much joy I felt when I got off phone app. And I just prayed that, that our connection wouldn't just be because of Operation Mist, right? 
but that your spirit, your, I have no idea how you can exist in that place and then still exude the kind of love and concern and consideration that you have for other people and their journey, right? Because, you know, sharing your journey is therapeutic sometimes. Um, and I just remember when I was sharing with you, I thought, this is why I had to have that experience so that I could connect with women like her. And we both feel empowered at the end of the conversation. And so with Operation Miss, it's not just, it is very little of what I feel. People, people are like, oh, I'm so grateful for Operation Miss. But God is constantly reminding me that when I left the hospital, I was very, very sad because I got to see miracles every day. I worked with people with brain injuries, spinal cord injuries, stroke, and they were told things that could never happen and God made them happen. And so when it was time for me to transition out of the hospital, I cried. I was like, I want to see you move every day. And God was like, you have no clue. Oh yeah, no, I have in store for you, girl. And then he brought me Gwen. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I get it. I really, really get it. Now I get to see not only him and his miraculous ways, but how community can can help like produce those things that you that you see and just say, wow, God is in the midst of that. And so I have never regretted the pivot, not a day, because I get to meet women like you and hear your stories and be connected with you for a lifetime. You know, it's so beyond motherhood. It's so beyond Operation Miss. I love you like my sister, you know? And so. Oh, you can't tell me I'm not your sister. <laughs> no one can tell me that you're not. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's flash forward. So where do we want to start? So after the, pre after the pregnancy delivery, now you're getting everything back on track. Everything's yes. up and up. Okay. So, so start us at that point in your journey. So what did you do to prep for pregnancy? And then tell us about your pregnancy. And so um, I was very, very heavily reliant on my watch. Um, as, as soon as I hopped on the operation mist and then I did my month um, of observation and they got my baseline, then, well, you all got my baseline, um, we were able to see exactly what was spiking. And I was able to like pinpoint like, okay, um, with, with, your, with you all's guidance, like, when to take my blood pressures, like, um, and what to look out for, like after eating 30 minutes after eating, let's see, look at your watch. Is it going orange? Um, check your blood pressure. What is it sitting at? And so, and then I also followed up with a cardiologist and then he was um, telling me to go on the dash diet. So basically, um, clean eating, but only use dash, Mrs. Dash. Don't use any other seasonings. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. I can do that. And so I was heavily relying on onions and, and cilantro and ashworths to season my food. And I still do. <laughs> so, um, but you just get used to it. You just, you're just like mine. Like, I don't need salt. Yeah. And after I went on the Mrs. Dash, after I added on the Mrs. Dash, I was already eating good. But then after I cut the salt and only did Mrs. Dash, just like, what, like 30 pounds just like fell off. And I went back to the cardiologist and he was just, they were like, what, what happened here? I'm, I did what you told me to do. <laughs> I am not going on. I'm not going to be on medication. Like that's something that I'm not doing. Like unnecessary interventions is what Operation Mist is against. And that's what we are going to, I'm not doing that. And so, um, 
I lost the weight and then like weight just kept coming off and I was just like, I feel good. I'm able to like do more with my son. We're being super active, exercising and just a happy household all the way around because mama's at her best. So everybody's at their best, you know? And so every, we were just, and still are, we're just having a phenomenal time. We're just like, that's how I felt like, okay, now we're ready. Yeah. Are ready to now it, it can be go time anytime because we're, we're right where we need to be like we're in great we're communicating great too because it was like the first year of our son's life we, i wasn't feeling good and we're still learning the family dynamics of being a family of three and communication was we were just learning how to communicate better because i just always didn't feel good and so my husband was just like hey we're like new parents like we, we had to come up with a rhythm, but I couldn't come up. We couldn't find a rhythm because I just, I never really felt good. And so I was like, trying not to, you know, exert myself too much, which you know, there was a lot of times where nothing was being done. Like, I'm just like, look, I just, all I could do today was take care of the baby. Like I can do nothing else. Like, I'm just, I'm not taking that medicine. <laughs> but and I'm not going to overexert myself. So it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. Yes. So, yeah. um, and so thankful for my husband because he definitely, he picked up the weight in every other area. He was just like, okay, well, we're just going to have to, we're going to figure this out. We're just going to have to figure this out. Like, all right, well, that's what we're going to have to do. Yes. And I love what you said, Gwen. If every woman could show up to pregnancy saying it can be go time at any time yes. because they know that they have put in the work to show up to pregnancy healthy. That's the whole bag, Gwen. It's yeah. the whole plan if we just show up correctly because it is hard to pinpoint why things happen during pregnancy. And so that's, that's clear with research and different things that sometimes you can't pin things down to one thing. But what we do know is the healthier you show up, the better off you'll be, right? Whether a complication arises or not. And so we want every woman to be able to say, it's go time, anytime. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so how did we get going? Tell us tell us about the pregnancy. So well, actually, so this is, y'all, this is what happened. So I will never forget, we were getting ready to go to Texas for my sister-in-law's retirement. I got a text from Catherine. She was just like, hey, are you, is there something you want to tell me? And I was just like, oh, no, am I sick? I was just like, because I, I saw my watch was orange. I was just like, am I sick? I was just like, I promise you, I'm not hiding it. I was like, if I'm sick, I just didn't know I was sick. I was just like, what? I was just like, you know, because it was still like around, you know, COVID it was still around. I was just like, did I get COVID again? Because the first time I got COVID, Catherine told me, like, she was just like, hey, is there something going on? I was like, no, I don't think so. She was just like, hydrate, quarantine. And I was just like, oh, I wonder why she's saying that. Next day, I found out I had COVID. I was like, well. <laughs> so when she sent me the text again, she was just like, is there something you want to tell me? I was like, oh, man, I got it again. <laughs> she was just like, no, like, have you taken a pregnancy test? I was just like, no, oh, I haven't thought about this. I was just like, no, I haven't missed my cycle yet, I don't think. <laughs> She's like, we'll take a pregnancy test tomorrow. I was just like, yeah, I need to take one. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go. I need to know what's going on. So I have, I told my husband, I was just like, hey, he bring pregnancy tests home from work. He's just like, yeah, sure, no problem. 
I get up the next morning, I check it. I was I text her back, yep, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yep, I'm pregnant. <laughs> that is so how did she know before? Like I I mean, because I was tracking it, I was just like, well, my father was not it, it can sometimes it'll be like a day or two off. I was just like, I haven't even like really missed it yet. <laughs> It's the tell look, the watch to tell the truth every time. Oh, the truth is I had no we were getting ready. We were flying out like two days, <laughs> two days, in two days. So I was just like, oh my gosh, we fly out in two days. Like we might have to cancel this trip if I have if I'm sick. And so she was like, No, take a test tomorrow. And then so my husband came home because we were packing up because we were going to the airport um the next day. So I was just like I, I had a little surprise for him i was just like oh nikki j put something together for you and i just put like all the all nikki j's newborn stuff in there he's like oh why did he pack all his newborn stuff and then i had put a onesie in there that had like um new um something unlocked um a new player unlocked or a new level unlocked and he was just like what is this and then he looked he saw the test he was like oh my gosh I was like, yes, we are. We did it again. You did it again. God did it again. God did it again. Amen. Amen. And, and so um, I, I knew from, from the very beginning, I was just like, okay. OB, like, let's, we're not doing the same thing we did last time. So um, we went to Texas after we celebrated. We did tell our family. Then when we came back, we were, it was like game time. Okay. First of all, we're sticking with this. Every, how we're eating, how we're exercising, we're going to stick with that. Um, we need to plan out what doctor we're going to go see and everything. So we ended up, in the beginning, we started going to see a doctor in Fayetteville that would allow us to do a VBAC. And so um, I'll never forget every appointment I went to, they were just like, yeah, you did have preeclampsia, so we would recommend that you being on aspirin. And I was just like, okay, I'll consider it. And I was just like, nope, I'm going to talk to Catherine about it. <laughs> how she feels. I was just like, because I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything I don't need to do just for you to be comfortable. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And so um, we, we did our research. Catherine had research. And we were just like, no, I'm not doing aspirin. I was just like, I'm checking. I was like, I'm checking myself. They're checking me. And I was just like, if at any point... If it ever comes to that, then we'll, but I was just like, I'm not taking aspirin. They were just like, well, let's just, that's just our way of staying ahead of things in case you do. And I was like, we're not speaking that over my life right now. <laughs> like, I'm not getting preeclampsia, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> so first, like, no, we're not speaking, don't speak that into my life. I'm not taking this aspirin just for you to be comfortable. I'm not doing that. And so, um, and they just didn't. I could tell the doctors were not prepared for the questions that we had because that was another thing. We came with the force. We came with questions. I would let um, Catherine, um, I would let Catherine know and Amber know anytime I had an appointment, what week the appointment was, and like all my symptoms and everything for the that month written down. And so we went with questions. Okay, like. This is what we have questions about. And you could tell they were ready, you know, just used to like, oh, let's come in. Let's check you. Let's do ultrasound, blood work. All right, let's go. Like, no, I got other questions. Like, nice. so what is your protocol for this? Like, what is your protocol for that? Like, what, 
like the last doctor I went to, he they just let my blood pressure go up and they declined to do any medication. Like if you do see an incline in blood pressure, what do you usually do? Like I need some answers. And I was like, if you if I were to do the aspirin, when would I be taken off of it to avoid bleeding out? Like they were just like, no, you would just take it all the way. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. They're just like, well, there's no chance of you like bleeding out. It's very small from like, no. I was like, can't give me clear cut answers. They couldn't give me like statistics on like how many women have you put on aspirin and they've safely delivered. How many moms have you had that had previously had preeclampsia that you know had it recurring? They just couldn't give me any answers and that that you have proof that the aspirin like actually helped. And so they they were just like we just know that that's just standard protocol everybody doesn't and i was just like well what does your office do i'm not asking about the world i'm asking about what goes on in the office what goes on with your moms and so um at this time it was getting it was almost close to the end of 2022 and we were thinking like okay this time when we have a baby we have a three we have well he was in two we have a two-year-old so if anything happens to where we need to go to the doctor, we need to make sure we have a plan in place. Who's going to get our son. We made sure like our bags and stuff were packed and everything like his stuff was packed, had stuff written out for him in case somebody needs to get him like at any point in time. So we were just being prepared on that front. If something did happen, like, what are we going to do? And so we were just like, look, the best option for us is like because my family at that time where we were living they're an hour away it makes sense for us to be basically just go that route be down there and um stay with my mom so that if anything happens like it's fine like we don't have to worry about our son and we can just go ahead and look at providers down there so that's when we knew we were just like our best option like it's just to be there because if we're here and we have to go to the hospital it's you have to wait for somebody to come get him like no if we're there there is my sister stays right next door like mark and tiana stay right up the road like we have family members right there like all on that driveway if anything hits the fan somebody can be there in like 0.2 seconds and then we can just go and that's and the hospital's only like 15 minutes away so there's no like oh my gosh who's gonna get him like no let's just go there somebody can get him like in no time and we can just keep it going and so and wait so this is this is so good i hate interrupting you because you're so good at you're so good at telling your story but i want to ask you are you naturally a person that will ask questions was that natural to you to be like going into the doctor's office asking those questions or is it something that was developed in you over time because i feel like some people get intimidated if they know the protocol they know what doctors expect and they have the list of questions there so how was that for you how did that feel in the moment i guess is the question with my first like i had questions but i think like with nick and i like when doctors would initially just give us like the generic answers we would just be like oh okay well you know we would just kind of like just be like all right well that's just what they do but this time no <laughs> I have questions. I don't want a generic answer. I want an answer about me, like right now. That was like, also, um, I would go into the portal after my appointment. I would read through every single note they put in my chart. And if I saw that they like 
noted something incorrectly, I would confront them about the next appointment. Like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but you put this in my chart. This needs to be corrected. I did not decline genetic testing or whatever it is, or I did not say this. I don't I don't know how this was miscommunicated, but you guys need to fix this. This was when we were at the Fayetteville office. And so I was I was reading through everything or I was just like, you put this in my chart that we did this. We did not do this. So this needs to be, I don't know if this is for insurance purposes, <laughs> but you're going to fix my chart. <laughs> you are going to fix my chart <laughs> and you're going to answer these questions because they were even putting in my chart, patient is taking aspirin. I was like, I did not agree to take the aspirin. I said, I would consider it. You need to remove this from my chart. I'm not taking that aspirin. Right. <laughs> but they would put it in my chart, patient is on aspirin. Like I was like, I'm not on aspirin. And so... When we were switched over to uh, my sister, Ashley Harris, gotta give my sister a shout out. Well, we had already we made up our mind, like, as it got close to the end of 2022, like, look, when we're going to move closer to our family, I told my sister, like, hey, I talked to who, what doctor do I need to go see down there? This is my expectations. This is what we're wanting. We already knew we wanted to do a VBAC. And so, and honestly, I'm just going to be honest, I would not have considered doing a VBAC if it was not for Operation Miss. Because I'm typically, like, if the doctor tells me this is the safest way to do this, I'm going to go about that. But after, you know, thankfully, I had my tribe with me and they were just like, nope this is what can this is what we do your body can do this and i just felt so empowered like i'm capable of doing this i can have this baby and nobody's gonna tell me that i have to have a c-section because that is not the rule <laughs> like like unless it's like absolutely like hey like you you could potentially bleed out if something like okay well let me know the risk or whatnot but if you check me you're like nope we're good to go you can have a vaginal then that's what we're gonna do and so i was i i was very thankful for that because honestly after the first c-section i was like oh i guess i just have to have c-sections but no nope. the like i got the i got the right information from the right people and i just felt like when you have people speaking into you that love you so much and telling you your body was made to do this, you can do this. Don't let anyone tell you that like your body is not made to do this and that you have, you have no other option to do it. Cause I was honestly, and then um, I never get, even relatives were just like, well, you had a C-section. They say that it's not safe for you. I was like, I know what they say. Mm. I know what they say. They say what is convenient for them. I don't have to have a C-section. I can have a VBAC. I'm going to have a VBAC. My body can birth this baby, and that's what I'm going to do. And so I was just like, I just, when you hear the truth, you just block out all the noise. Like, Amen. Nope, my truth <laughs> is how God made me. And if it's, there's a will, there's a way. And so you're just having that poured on and just continuous prayers flowing over me for like almost two years. Yeah, that since 2021 and I had her 2023. Yeah, just having, you know, a group of women speaking positivity and love over you and just basically telling you like my body lined up with what it needed to do. <laughs> yes. If it wasn't lined up, it was lined up. <laughs> yes. Powerful prayer warriors with the war <laughs> with me. Yeah. So, um, so after that, we ended up going to see. Um, I called two doctors. One doctor, they were just like, "No, you have to do C-section." I was like, "Okay, thank you. I appreciate it." 
Uh, and then I called and I was just like, nope, no further information. <laughs> There's no other anything else for us to discuss because when you when I call you asking for a service and you're telling me what I have to do, then I'm just gonna, you know. All right, then we just need to explore the options. Another doctor. Yes, yes. I love it. So someone just made the statement a couple of days ago. And I love that you just said that. Someone was told that it's illegal to allow a woman to have a VBAC after a C-section in Georgia, in the state of Georgia. And when you tell, I mean, you live in the state of Georgia and you had a vaginal birth. And so people need to understand that all of the information that you hear is just, is not true all the time. It's just, there are providers who choose whether they want to have to help a woman have a vaginal birth after she has a cesarean delivery. And that is their choice. And so if you run into a doctor like that, then you have to do what Gwen did and say, okay, moving on. It's their right to not support a yeah. vaginal birth after a cesarean. And it's our right to find a provider who will. And yeah. so I just love that you exercise that right. You didn't move up there closer to your family only to end up in a situation that you didn't want to be in. You can win both ways. And that's what I think people feel like they have to choose and you are showing people now, no, I can have this and that. My cake can eat it too. Nobody ever, when I listen to that phrase, I'm like, nobody ever sat there and looked at cake they wanted and didn't eat it, right? Like very rarely do we do that. And so we don't have to do that with healthcare. No, we do not. We do not have to settle. Anybody, you do not have to settle in any shape or form. Like don't do it. Do not do it at all. And that's why I'm not settling at all. Yes. Yes. And when you said, when you hear the truth, you block out all the noise. So anything that speaks against that truth, you have to block it out because when you did it early on in the process, but what I find is that if you meet a woman and she's at week 40 and she's just now considering blocking out the noise, it becomes overwhelming. Oh yes. And she ends up caving. And so even if her body was capable, even though her body is capable, she caves. And so I would love for you to talk about as you got closer to the end. Oh, and how you chose your provider. So don't skip past this part. So you did choose <laughs> another provider, but how your mindset all along just really helped guide your decisions, really, because it did. Oh, yes, because as soon as I was just like, I'm having to be back. So as soon as I found out, I was like, no, I'm having this baby vaginally. So from, from day one. I was just like, you know, Lord, if it's in your will, there's will, there's a way. You just tell me and I'm just going to move how you want me to move. <laughs> and so, but there's a will, there's a way. And like I said, even before I was pregnant, um, all the, all the women in opera, people are already praying over your body as you're praying over your body for everything to get into alignment, to do what it needs to do. And so, I mean, I honestly, you your mind protected at all costs <laughs> because everything else will follow after that but i was just like after i was told um and honestly after i were in my recovery process once i saw how i knew catherine was from day one a godsend to me but as i saw my body just transform in like under a year and just recover like that i was just like you can't tell me that what she tells me is not the truth. Like God mm -hmm. her to me for a reason. So if she tells me something, I know wholeheartedly she's researched it. She's done what she is not just like, hey, I think, no, she's telling me what she knows, like in, in her heart, in her spirit. And so I was just like, okay. She said, I can have a be back. 
I can have a V-back. My body was was made to birth this baby. Yes. So I was just like, anything else, anything anybody else has to say, I'm like, nope, that is not a part of our pledge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not a part of our pledge. <laughs> we speak this over ourselves. I'm speaking this over myself. Like, no, that's that's not, I'm not in agreement with that. And so my sister, she goes to see Dr. Chambers. So she told me, check out Dr. Chambers. He'll let you do a V-back because she was going to do V-back. And so I was just like, all right, I called him. I went in. Coolest. I mean, I got to say, coolest doctor I ever met. Coolest doctor, hands down. I got it there. Me and Nick went to meet him because we were like, all right, let's 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 see, you know. Let's see if this the one knew from day one. He's just like, he's just like, look, I know you had a C-section, but I advocate here for women to have vaginal births. So I want you to have a V-back. And I pray, he was like, I want you to want that for you too, because I know you can do this. As soon as he said that, I was like, say less. Yes. <laughs> yes. When say you less. told us that, I was like, wait a minute. Wait, he flipped the script, right? He's just you, we like, feeling like, <laughs> I was just like, yes. say okay i was like say less i was just like you're speaking it over me too like my my provider is now speaking it over me like no you're gonna have a vaginal delivery my operation operation miss group is speaking it over me i'm speaking it over me everybody you know attached so anytime something counts like nope my doctor already said that this is what we gonna do like i've already been speaking it my my tribe is speaking it this is what we're doing and so as it got closer and closer to our um delivery day i was just like well let's just do what we do exercise hydrate and you know just love on one another have a good time i will say like as it like was quickly a person because by this time we had decided like look we, we we probably will have more kids like it makes more sense just to move closer to family. So now we had it on top of this, like we started searching for homes. <laughs> we were just like, no, we're gonna let's go ahead and just move as well. Let's just go ahead and let's just commit to this this whole thing. Like we just need to be here. We have our support system here, and it just makes more sense. And we were like for follow up appointments too, going to the OB, and we were just like, yeah, we just need to just go ahead and make this transition. And so, um as we got closer and closer to our delivery date and i was just like man this is like really like happening this is like really coming up quick <laughs> but like my son was having like the and still is having the time of his life he gets to see his cousins like every single day his grandma is just spoiling the mess out of him <laughs> like his aunts and uncles and cousins it's just like you can't tell this kid nothing like he's yeah. just like i went from you know seeing them every time we would drive down to like now we live here and i can see them whenever i want like what is yes. this and so i i just love and that just warmed my heart so much too like look how happy he is like look how easy this is we're not having to drive back and forth and you know stay for a little while like okay guys we got to get on the road it's getting late and i was just like we stay as long as we want <laughs> yes. we just live like 10 minutes away it's fine and so um we uh we went to our doctor and we, we were just like okay he says now if it gets to he's like i i prefer for women not to go past one we after one week past your due date i do want us to consider like okay what are we going to do he was just like because i I don't want baby to get too big 
And so I was just like, okay, I can understand that. And so um, it was like the the week of my due date. So the week before I was getting checked, he was just like, haven't dilated it yet. But he was just like, let's just check next week and let's just see how it goes. We going for the, the next week for an appointment. We're just like, okay, having a good time. And then I, <laughs> then I was just like, my doctor was checking and he was just like, oh, okay, you're dilated. He said, you're dilating. He's just like, what? Looks like we're having a baby tomorrow. He's just like, I want to put a Foley bulb up there. And I knew what a Foley, I was just like, okay, I'm familiar with this. Like we talked about this. And he was just like, mm, we want to do a Foley bulb person in the morning. We want to get you admitted. And I was like, wait, like, what are we doing? Like, you know, we're from the volleyball, we're getting admitted. So then I was just like, okay, now I'm getting, I'm getting a little tense because I was just like, I, I just came in for a check. And now I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just came in to get checked. And he's just like, looks like we're having a baby tomorrow. And then he was just like, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. And then he was just like, out. And I was just like, well, I thought you said we could go one week after our due date. And he was just like, I'm going to be completely transparent with you. I will let you go one week after your due date. He's just like, the problem is I will not be able to be here. And the person that will be covering for me is not, if they, he's like, honestly, they're not going to let you labor they, if they see anything, they're going to immediately run for a C-section. So he just told us straight up, like, I have to go out of town. If I was here, I would give you the one week. I'd give you another week, and we we could let you do it. He was like, but if we don't do this while I'm here, and he's like, and I really, he's like, I want to be here for this birth. And I want to see you through this. He was just like, if, if I leave and the other person comes, he was just like, I cannot guarantee that they will let you have a V-back. And he was just like, and that's not something that I want to happen because I know you can do this. And so I was just like, mm. well, I just told him, I was like, I appreciate your transparency. I was like, but tomorrow? <laughs> you gonna give me like, let me know last week? <laughs> I was just like, but he's just like, I didn't want to put any pressure. I'm just teaching. I'm just letting you know, you can wait till next week. I just, I want to be here because I know you want to be back. I don't know. He said, you can put other people in charge, but you don't know if they're going to honor, you know, your patient's wishes. I know what you want. I don't, you don't know how the doctors are going to respond. They may be uncomfortable. Like, no, we need to do a C-section. Like, or for whatever reason. So I was just like, okay, well, tomorrow I'm coming in. Looks like I'm getting this volleyball. <laughs> yes. Now, Gwen, here's the thing. So, well, let's talk about this. His first of all, his honesty, mm -hmm. right? His willingness to have a conversation with you. Yes. Um, him really taking into account what he knew you wanted and needed, really, you know, yeah. and his protectiveness over you. I think that providers, as providers, that's our job is to protect our patients and to give them the ability to make an informed decision. Yes. And so if he had used any other tactic outside of honesty, you would have picked up on that. And then you might have ended up with a provider that you shouldn't have been with. But exactly. I think that we owe that to our patients because we are anti unnecessary interventions, right? But we also know that there are other things that that factor into our decisions. And so if we're given all of the information, then we can say, with because because if imagine that worse came to worse, things did not go the way you planned. You chose that. Yes, you choose that for you. Another provider didn't choose that for you. You chose it with all the information that you had. And I just thought when we 
converse, I felt like it was the hardest decision for you to make thus far in the entire pregnancy, right? And the neat thing though, was the gentle way that he decided to start the induction. That is a sign of a doctor who, number one, a lot of doctors will say, we won't induce it all. So you want to have a V-bag, it's almost like, well, you're going to do it on your own. We're not going to do the poly bulb. We're not going to do any anything to help you along. So you have doctors who are there. And then you have doctors who may intervene, but they go too fast. You know, like they go too much too fast. And then you have ones like him who say, let's meet in the middle. I don't want to induce you. I, But I know, but I know your body can do Like I'm sitting here like... Do you know how many women, you talk about um, tears. I was talking to someone a couple of days ago and she was telling me that her provider told her that she thought that she wanted to have a V-bag. She's not going to have a V-bag. This is like week after week saying this stuff. And week after week, mom is defending herself and just didn't have anywhere else to go. And when she came in that last time, they said, look, we're going to do an ultrasound. And if your baby's not head down, we're doing a C-section. And before they even checked her for the ultrasound, they prepped her for surgery. They made her go through, watched her, put on the all the things to prep her for surgery. And then they did it. And essentially we're like, see, we told you. It, it was just, I think that the, so what her message was to people listening was um, what you say matters as a provider. And I just think that for us, we always want to be the voice of hope for moms because there is nothing wrong with hoping. And if ever your hope is deferred, you have a tribe around you to support you, even when things don't go your way. And so I just feel like there is nothing wrong with him telling you your body was designed to do this. You just don't hear a lot of providers saying that anymore. You know, it makes me so happy. Okay, keep going. So Foley Bulb next morning. So I was just like, so me and Nick were just like, okay. Because after we left the doctor's office, I was just like, we need to call Catherine. <laughs> I need to call her because if if I need, if I change my mind, I need to call him and tell him like, I, I can't, not tomorrow. Like, we'll just have to ride it out another week. But um, I talked to, called you immediately, had the conversation. You talked to me, then you talked to Nick. Um, and then after we got off the phone, we talked to each other. We prayed on it. We were just like, look, we know for sure we want him to deliver our baby. Like, he's been rocking with us. He's been honest with us. Like, honestly, like, if push came to shove, if I was in the room with another doctor that I didn't know, I would have been very tense. I was just like, I know him. I'm comfortable with him. If, you know... If I get a folded bulb in there and, you know, I'm going to be more relaxed with him delivering this baby and that's going to make for a better labor, you know? So I'm not going to, I don't want to have any, <laughs> put myself in a predicament where I have to, I don't know who's going to be there. I don't know how they feel about VBAC and I don't know if me and that person are going to vibe that well. I know I have a great relationship with him. This doctor, we have, we're we're vibing very well like we have a good understanding he believes i can have this v back he knows i can do this and so let's let's do it so we got up early in the morning um we went we went in um they showed us like all the different balls like peanut balls and everything to help us along the way to labor and they put the foley bulb in and so i'll never forget because um our last couple meetings before we talked about breathing the baby down and so like we were practicing like breathing the baby down this is how we're supposed to breathe the baby down and then i was just very happy to see like the different um 
tools they had to assist like in the hospital the different balls and stuff like that to help with the progression of the labor and so but one thing i will never forget one of the most important things one of the most important things i remember was to rest if your body needs rest rest so the doctor had already said like hey if the folding bowl falls out he was just like i will want to break your water and he said, and then that will help us to go ahead and like get this thing going. And so I was just like, hmm, okay. So the Foley bowl fell out. I felt it fall out. I caught it with my thigh. And I didn't tell anybody it fell out. Cause I told myself, I want to, <laughs> I need to give myself some time to prepare for this. Yeah. If he comes in here right now and breaks my water, like it fell out. Honestly, I'm gonna be very honest. It fell out shortly after he put it in. The foley bulb fell out because he put the first one he put in immediately fell out. So then he blew it up bigger. He he put another one in and blew it up bigger, and then it fell out shortly after that. And I was just like, because he said, if this one this one falls out, I'm just gonna go ahead and break your water. He's like, because you're you're dilating, you're ready. And I was just like. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell anybody. So <laughs> I I held that thing from from I held it. I held it in. I didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell anybody. And I took an app. Because you do not need to be tired. <laughs> like I was just like, I'm not about to be tired or nothing. I'm gonna eat my snacks. I'm gonna take me a nap. And then when I wake up, then I'm gonna tell my husband the foley bowl fell out. So I didn't tell anybody. So I took like a good like like two, three hour nap. When I woke up, I felt so refreshed. I was just like, all right, I'm ready to do this. So I woke up, my husband was like, Are you okay? It's like, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And I told him, I think the foley bolt fell out. He's just like, No, it didn't fall out. I was just like, No, it did. And he came over. He's just like, No, it didn't fall out. I said, I'm holding it in with my thigh. I said, if I move my leg right now, it's gonna fall out. He said, like, what? So I moved my leg, the thing fell. <laughs> I was just like, how long have you been like this? I said, after he put it in, it fell out like five minutes later. I, I was just holding on to it because I wanted to catch my breath. I wanted to, you know, process this. I wanted to give myself a break and just let it happen, you know. When I had rested and I had something to eat and I felt full and I felt good. So I was just like, so I didn't tell anybody. And my husband was like, I'm your teammate. Why didn't you tell me? I was just like, look, I just, in that moment, I didn't want to tell anybody. I was just like, this is how I want to do it. I just want to have these three hours to rest. I don't want anybody. I just want to hold this thing with my thigh, pretend like it hasn't fallen <laughs> Called my nurse in. She was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, it fell out. Let me call the doctor right away. So I was just like, see, now nah, I'm ready for this. Three hours ago, mm. I was ready for this. So I was like, you know, let me let me lay down. And, you know, and so he came. He's like, oh, perfect. Let's go ahead. Let me go ahead and break your water. I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then the nurse was like, let me put the peanut ball here. I was like, yeah, that's fine, too. So the rest of the time i was sitting in there with the peanut ball there and my husband was like can you just please let me know if anything like you know keep me up to speed <laughs> i love me he's just like just please keep me up to speed because he's like that he's just like i just you know don't want to you know not be aware of what's going on i was like i know i was like that's the only secret i'm keeping today <laughs> i just wasn't ready for him to break my water i wanted to just 
relax for a little bit you know mm -hmm. came in i'm already like a little nervous and so i just wanted to calm myself down for a little bit and so that's what i did i gave myself some time to just relax i knew the full bowl pet came out so i was like okay i know i'm dilating like at a good rate time to relax and so um they put the peanut ball in and so our nurse she was like she, she was like by the book okay this is what we're gonna do i want you to move around like this i want you to do this and so she was like she said we're gonna get this baby out girl and i was oh. like oh we're gonna get this baby out so she kept rotating that peanut ball she was like let's turn your body like this just all these different positions and stuff like that and she was just like if you're ever thirsty because at this point they're just like well we don't want you they say they don't want you eating or anything when you get so far along dilated because just in case anything happens and she would always be like i'll bring you something she was just like because you're gonna have this baby vaginal so yes. if she saw me getting like a little like tired while i was laboring she would like bring me like ice pops and stuff like that she was just like i'm gonna bring you something because you need your strength and so by the end of her shift like the last couple of hours like i i was like no i told her she's like can i check you i was like no i just i don't want to be checked right now so i told her like i just want to just let me let me do what i'm doing i'll let you check me before you go but i was like i don't want anybody checking me i was just like i just want to do my breathing exercises because i just felt too when people are just constantly checking you i felt like it was kind of like making me tense up a little bit like oh my gosh how far have i gotten i was just like oh just give me a couple hours so just with the peanut ball and i'll keep rotating and doing my breathing and then we'll do that so shift change came she was like okay well i was hoping you would have the baby on my shift but she was just like i know you're gonna have this baby soon she was just like i was like i appreciate it so the next nurse came in I'm just sitting there, just doing my breathing, peanut ball there. She's just like, hey, do you mind if I check you? She's like, since the shift change, I was like, yeah, you can check me. I was like, you can check me. Peanut ball. And she's just like, can you close your legs? I said, no. I was like, no. Can you put the peanut ball back? Because that thing was so comfortable. It was so comfortable. I was like, can you put the peanut ball back? She was just like, no. I cannot put the peanut ball back. She's like, the baby head is like coming out. No, I was just like, I cannot put it back. I was just like, well, I'm, I'm not closing my leg. <laughs> so she called the doctor, <laughs> him come in. He was just like, I heard we're having a baby. Oh. I was like, so he came in. I was just like, yeah, we have a baby. And so, Oh, this is the funny part, y'all. So I had asked my doctor. I was just like, because um, I remember from my first experience when I had my C-section, the doctors had like a playlist that they were playing and everybody was vibing really good in there. You know, the anesthesiologist, and, you know, the residents, the doctor, everybody, the nurses, they had like a flow. I was just like, that was like the most peaceful I felt for that you know pregnancy so this one i was just like let's set the mood i was like what do you guys like to listen to i want to put some music on and i asked my doctor i was like what do you work best with and he was like very honest he was just like well <laughs> i would you know if i was the dj i don't think you would approve of the music because it might get a little it might get a little you know it might get a little too hyped in here <laughs> like it was like, it might just get a little too, you know, if I get a little ratchet. I was like, <laughs> okay.
All right. Well, you know, at least I know what you work best with. So that is funny. Uh, he just said it. He said, "Look, man, I don't want your son or daughter." He said, "I want your daughter coming out singing Wu Tang or whatever." You just pick the you pick the music, and so I let Nick pick the music, and so Nick picked like a like an instrumental like music. It was like jazz mix something. It was like hip hop jazz mix, but it, it was a vibe because everybody was like, I'm feeling this. Wow. It was a whole vibe. So Dr. Cameron, he's like, all right, let's do this. He said, looks like he only got to push like twice and the baby will be out. And so he was just like, all right, now um, just give me two big cushions and the baby will be out. And I was just like, mm, I don't really want to push. But I was just like, okay, I'll entertain the pushing. <laughs> Right, so for 20 minutes, he's like, come on, the baby's right here. Come on, just give me, just give me, the baby's right here. He just, just got to push, like, so 20 minutes went by, the baby, she was not, she was coming out a little bit and then going right back up. He's like, when you push, she's coming out just a little bit, but then she's like going right back up. So he told everybody, let's just take a break. Let's just give her a break, you know. He gave me a break. Everybody was taking a break. I was just like, I'm going to do my deep breaths. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, uh, like, everybody's joking, like, they're laughing, having a good time, you know, just, you know, the mood was good. Everybody's vibing. So I was like, well, everybody's distracted. I'm going to go ahead and breathe this baby out. Wow. I'm like, breathing in, hell, and I'm like, ooh, like, move that baby on down. The next thing I know, the doctor looks, he's like, don't push no more. He's doing what you're doing. And that's exactly what he said. Don't push at all. Breathe. Just give me like three deep breaths and this baby will be here. And I was just like, yeah, I know that. That's what I've been doing this whole time. That's what I've been doing all day, breathing this baby down. But I didn't tell him that. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so I do like... I'm doing because you know when nobody was paying attention, I was like, I can do this while everybody's distracted. Let me just go ahead and breathe on out. Wow. But she was like coming out, and he was just like, just give me a couple of deep breaths, and she's here. I was just like, all right, all right, calm down, calm down. I got this. Quit. <laughs> That's why I'm just like, I've been. I'm like, I've been waiting for you all to get distracted so I could breathe her out. So I went ahead and breathed her out. Oh my gosh, like she was just such a calm baby and everything. And so um, I'll never forget. The doctor was just like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You can't tell black women they can't have V-backs. It's just like, and look at this, no tearing, no tearing at all. She did not. (laughs) She didn't even have to push. She breathed the baby out. Like he was like hyping himself up. Wow. Gwen. Uh, he's like, now when we doing this again? When we having another baby? I was just like, hold on, no, slow down. Now. You gotta recover first. Like you forgot the postpartum part. He was super cool, and I mean, it was like amazing. He was just yes. like, he was so hyped. We were also everybody was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing about it is, like, the um, he had a student with him. Her name was Margot. And um, because they had a baby born earlier that day. And I remember she came around. I had seen her like throughout every appointment because she was with him and she was a student and she was trying to, um, you know, get her. I think it was like her last last year residency or something like that. So she was trying to um, she's like, yeah, I haven't been able to deliver a baby yet. And she was like her residency with this doctor was almost up. 
And I had seen her for like almost every appointment I had with this doctor. So when she had came in that morning, I was just like, well, you can, you can deliver my baby. And so Margaret got to deliver my baby. And she was like, she, I, I could say it was just like a first for her, a first for me having to be back. Yeah. It was just like, look at this. It was just like such a beautiful experience. And was, Margaret was just like so thankful that she was like able to be a part of that birth too. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, you've been with me at all my appointments. So like, why would I not allow you to assist with my delivery? Yes. It was great. The student was hyped. The doctor was hyped. The nursing staff was hyped. Everybody was hyped. And as soon as that baby came out, the nurse came up and she was just like, we said we're breastfeeding, right, Mom? I said, yep. She popped that baby up there. She's like, here you go. Wow. Only ate. And she, I was just like, that was something I did not get to experience with my my first delivery. Because after I had my son, I saw him for a split second and he was like rushed off to the NICU. And like when I when I was able to go to the NICU, they told me that I couldn't practice breastfeeding until another two weeks because he was so small and they were it was um a concern of him choking. Yeah. And so they wouldn't even like allow me to attempt to breastfeed him until like a couple of weeks. They said like no, he has to like strictly be like on the tube feeding until it's approved for you to do breastfeeding. I was like, He's my son, like what do you I, I what and so this time you know and you know then that's my baby's fine he's healthy he's here so that's all that matters but in that moment I, I was very confused I was like you know I mean it's natural for him to is there something wrong with his airway like See, I, that's I, the thing that they don't I love that you said that Gwen because there is risk and they, I think that if they just explain the risk instead of giving the order Yes. And a mom would feel so much better about the decision. Yeah, because yeah, they did not. They just told me, I was just like, can I try breast? They were like, no, you have to wait. Like, he can do not attempt to breastfeed him while you're in here. Like, wait until it's approved that he is approved to um, to take food by mouth. But they, they didn't explain why they just said, like, he could choke. And that's it. And I was just like, then I was confused. I was just like. Then what's what's going on? Like now I'm thinking like, is there something wrong? Right. Bro, I just I, I was just like, okay, well, and the dads want my son to be healthy and happy, you know, and be here. So I was just like, all right, well, we just can't try. But from with her immediately coming out, the nurse immediately like plopping her on my chest, like letting her breastfeed. And they were just like, you know, just do you need any help with breastfeeding? Like, and the nurse was like, I know you didn't ask, but if, you know, these are different angles and things that you can do if you ever have any issues tonight or whatnot. And me and baby girl's just been rocking it. She's just, she's done like phenomenal. Um, this time for sure. Um, so we went home, like, as a family. Wait, 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 wait. Because I know, I know. We're we going to wrap up soon. However, we could not just. I love how you describe your experience in the room, your the control that you were in from the very beginning, from the decision to go in early in the morning, right, to holding the holding the folding bone between your legs, yes. to um, just like taking control of your body, staying in control of your body, setting the mood. Because the one thing I remember very vividly, I remember a lot of things from your first story, but from our very first podcast episode was how good they made you feel during the cesarean delivery. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be that I have to do this, 
then why not create an experience for me? One that is I'm going to remember in a positive way because most people know what comes after a preeclamptic delivery, NICU. Like knowing that on the front end, why can't we just create an experience for you? In this second, I mean, they made it an experience. They made it a celebration, you know? And it just, it makes me so happy so happy that you got to experience that Gwen. because i text nick before you had that baby i said honey you're not gonna be able to do nothing with this chick you're not gonna be able to tell her anything she is going to re like really realize her power like she thought she was something before honey you're not super power for real for real yes it was breathed addie grace out and when i tell you you know you talk about prayers ambra when um when, when Amber came on board, I thought about her personality and how she loves on moms. And, and she just does it so naturally, so authentically, so genuinely from a place of, just a place of wanting moms to feel secure, feel seen. And she doesn't even live here, right? She doesn't live here, didn't really know you from Adam, but fell in love with you just like I did from the very first conversation, very first interaction. And we just, I think that, when our um, prayer group really, really came together, it it was like we have a group and then we have like what we're doing in between the group. And just we were just like, this is going to be the best experience ever. And little did we know that God would be like, I will exceed your expectations. Oh, yes. Time. Good time. Time. Yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. So y'all go home. Y'all go so home. We go home. And so um, so the day, the not that night, the next night they noticed that my blood pressure did creep up. Um, and then so the day I was went home, it started to come down. I was just like, okay, what did I eat? Because that's the first thing I went to. I was just like, what do we eat after we had this baby? And so I was like, well, Nick said, well, the only thing that was open was um Chick-fil-A. So I was just like, okay. We had fast food. I was like, no fast food. Bless, bless, bless. Water, water, water. Just give me some fruits and vegetables and oatmeal. And like, that's it. Like, that's all we going. That's how we're going to get this blood pressure down. And I was like drinking water nonstop because the nurse was just like, you, do you need like two or three more pitchers of water? I was just like, yeah, because I'm going to drink all of them. I'm going to drink one. I need it for breastfeeding. And two, like, I'm getting this blood pressure now because I'm going home. When my baby go home, I'm going home. You're not keeping me here. My baby's going home. That's right. <laughs> I was going to be. And so we got, got my blood pressure down. I got to get blood, blood pressure read and we're able to go home. And then um, my mom, when we went home, my mom had created this big feast of food. And I was just like, I really can't eat any of this stuff here. I was just like, I will make a small plate and have like a little bit, but I cannot eat this food. Like, because I mean, it's whole food. I can't have it. Yes. <laughs> I just can't have it. Like right now, I just need to eat like strict food. Um, and even just from that small plate, like my blood pressure shot through the roof the first night home. I did still have... Um, because I didn't take my medicine for my first um, pregnancy with Nikki J. So I had a lot of leftover medications. I had like labetalol and abetabine. I was just like, I already know if I go in, they're going to push fluids. Then they're going to, um, 
if they give anything, they'll give something for the day because they usually don't like giving any, anything. So I was just like, I checked my blood pressure and I weighed it and I saw that it just kept getting elevated. And so then I did contact um, Catherine right away. I was just like, hey, this is the situation. This is what's going on. I do have the labetalol. I was like, I'm not taking that amphetamine. Like, okay, I'm not doing that. But I do have the labetalol. And so we did discuss like, okay, I, I was comfortable because even if I went to the doctor, that's what I would have said. Like, I'm I know how I react with the beta law, and I'm okay with taking like half a tablet and you know, seeing where that goes and tapering off. And so, after like that first two weeks, I was like super strict with my food. Like, I did a half a tablet for maybe like four days, and I did like a fourth of a tablet, and then so forth, and then like tapered off of it. And blood pressure was beautiful. I was like, okay. Fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, oatmeal. We can do salmon. We can do shrimp. We can do fish. But that's it. Yes. Um, yes. And Gwen, this is so good because sometimes when people get home, I love that you mentioned this part of your postpartum journey because sometimes when we get home, we get comfortable. I mean, you just had the birth of your life. The birth yes. of your life, right? Baby feeding, everything. We have to think about within those first two weeks, our bodies have a really hard time of adjusting. And you knew that. So you're checking. I think that we don't, I don't know why we don't check other than, I mean, we're busy, like we're busy. We have a lot of things to do. And so, but you were so diligent about checking. You were in the habit. You had already created the habit of being aware of every vital sign your body can possibly give to you. Right. And so turning down those really nice meals and making sure not to eat out, even though it's convenient, like, you saved yourself from going back into a situation that you knew you didn't want to be in. I mean, high blood pressure surrounding delivery, when, you know, research talks about it and how it spikes within that first week, or it goes up for most people by like day six. And if we're not watching the spike and we just keep going about life how we would, we can miss it. And that's how we end up with unnecessary complications. And so, it, your journey, the, the beauty of your journey is not only that you chose a team that you, that you felt you could trust and who believed in you, but you made the decisions to keep yourself safe, to protect your baby, to make sure that y'all weren't separated. That matters, you know? And I think that that part, it's the hardest part, right? To self-regulate the things that, um, because People are doing nice things. They're doing them out of from a good place. You don't want to inconvenience anybody. You don't. And it's just like, no, I have to do what's best for me, you know, and I have to weigh all of my options and I have to thrive. Like that's what you you just chose to thrive. And I think that when we choose not to monitor, when we choose not to know, then we're putting ourselves in a situation where we could have a complication and it just go unseen. And nobody else is watching you like you postpartum. Nobody, right? Like you are the person who's with you every day. You can check your watch 24-7, your app. You can see, just like you did before you got pregnant, how the food you're putting into your mouth is impacting your body. And you did that. You did that so beautifully. And that's why you have the postpartum journey that you have, you know? Um, I think that Throughout your journey, um, one thing that, that we didn't talk about, I remember when you and, and Nick went to, took Nikki J to a water park, maybe it was Great Wolf Lodge. And I remember that 
most people, when they go to water parks on vacation, you know, they want to have fun, sun up to sundown, I'm getting my money's worth, you know. And you guys looked at your dad and was like, okay, today is a movie day. We're just going to sit. We're just because you knew that your body, Nick knew that your body wasn't ready for what a water park would bring. And it's just that awareness, those day-to-day decisions, that's what keeps us safe. It's, it's what we choose to do minute to minute. And you have just chosen to take every step that led to you being here and thriving today. It is such a beautiful, beautiful place to be. And it's such a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. And I will say Nick still does. Like if um, when he gets up in the morning, cause he's an early bird, he gets up, he'll check my data. And then if he like, how it flows that determines you know all right this is what we're doing today like nope like if he sees like if it's orange he's just like all right i'm he'll get up early he'll get the babies he'll go downstairs i'll sleep i'll sleep in and i'll wake up i'll be like where is everybody he's like your watch was orange or your body battery was low or you're like whatever it is he was just like nope he's just like i checked your watch like this is what it was and that that's what he was that is definitely the difference between the first time and last time because he's able to see himself he'll just go in since he gets up early he's like let me see how she's looking today and he's just like okay this is what we're doing today this is how we're gonna go about today um and that's that's basically how we we've been able to get our rhythm he's just like or, or he'll even like um call my sister like hey can you come over today um or call mama he'll call somebody somebody's coming over like I know it's her like stress is a little high or whatever the case may be. Can you guys come over? Can you stop by? Can you hang out with her for a little while just to make sure she's okay? Um, and sometimes I wake up like, what are you doing here? Like, oh, Nick just wanted us to stop by and make sure you were okay. I was just like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, we're just moving a little slow this morning. Like, okay, do you need any help with anything? And so I'm just like, I'm so thankful for him. I'm so thankful for Operation Miss for educating both of us on, you know, how to use this data in our daily lives because now we know like okay like when this is showing up this is what we need to do so now i'm definitely using the data um relying heavily on it now i'm able to see like okay i haven't drank enough water today or what did i eat today just to make sure um just to keep keep my blood pressure down like keep it where it's at in good range and also just making sure i'm hydrating myself since I'm breastfeeding this time, because this is new for me, the breastfeeding. Yeah. I, first time, and so I was just like, man, I, I wasn't feeling good. Like last last week or two weeks ago, and I was just like, my blood pressure is up. Like, what's going on? And all it turned out, I was like, I need to sleep. I wasn't getting like straight through sleep. I was waking wow. up in the, middle of the night to breastfeed, but I needed like two nights of like not getting up to breastfeed, and so two nights, and then like I just hydrated so so much uh, i pumped the milk and so and i was so thankful my husband like stepped in he's like okay i'm gonna do the feeds you're gonna sleep tonight he's like you're gonna sleep the whole night i'm just gonna do the feeds um because i i love especially since i didn't get to do it the first time i love 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 feeding her from the breast but sometimes you you have to you have to get a full night's sleep yes just have to like <laughs> so that your body is going to if it asks for it give it what it needs yes yes did like i was like okay baby girl i guess daddy's daddy's took you over tonight but um 
he loves it. He he loves both those babies so much, and so it was just a blessing for him. And he's just he's just he's just phenomenal. He's just I can't give him enough kudos. He's just man. He's just he goes over and beyond for our family. Yes, yes, I know. That's how we even came up with the Miss Dads. Like watching you guys, you and uh, Tiana and Mark. I was just like dads. Dads play such a huge role and they just need to know what to do. And they do very well with data. <laughs> so, yeah. They have the facts. Okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so you owe us, because I, I just, I wrote down what you said, you know, um, give your body what it asks for. If your body asks for it, give it. That's the that's the whole premise. We We as women have to take care of ourselves. There is no way. If you let your blood pressure skyrocket, you would be in the hospital. Addie Grace would be home with your family. You would be in a bad situation, right? You have you have protected that space so, so well. Um, so anything that you want to say before we close out, any advice that you have for moms or for dads or providers, whatever is on your heart to say, I want you to, I just want to give you space to say that, even though I mean, you said a whole lot already that, I know people are just going to be able to latch on to and have better, safer journeys, you know, as a result. I would say, especially from this experience uh, for providers, speak life into your patients. Um, just I can't I can't uh, say that enough. Like every truly advocate for them. Um, this provider, Dr. Chambers, like shout out to him. Like he spoke life into me when he went in there and he just told me straight, like, this is what I, I want this for you. And I, I hope that you want this too, because I know your body can do this. And so I was so thankful that he was just upfront and just like, this is, this is what I want for you. He was like, if, if this is not what you want, I respect your decision, but I want this for you. And I believe you can do this. And so just speaking life over, um, over your patients and just like listening, <laughs> actively listening and just, um, not just throwing out like just general statistics, but just seeing your patients as, um, as your patient, like don't, compare them like individual unique plans just that i just can't advocate that enough but i just can't advocate that enough to speak life into them um for for moms listen to your bodies that i would say the best thing get in tune with your bodies if you're not um the best this is the best thing that i ever done just um with operation mess i have gotten to know my body and it's changed so much <laughs> in the years i've been with from postpartum with my son to pregnancy and postpartum again I, I see the differences in like foods like everything activities certain things that didn't bother me may now it's just like just listen to your bodies get a baseline and be the the best version of you let's be the best version of you that you can possibly be because that that is that is gonna work wonders for you and your family so get in the best help best shape as possible um and just you know honor your body like and it i'm not gonna lie self-discipline it it is it is something um i had to learn the hard way like i was just but at the end of the day i was just like if it comes between medical interventions and me exercising self-discipline, I am going to exercise self-discipline all the way. If it's something that I can help control, then I'm going to control it because I would prefer to 
proactively go about it than to on the backside wait to see if the medication or if the procedure works so do what you can do on the forefront take care of you listen to your body and um if you need rest take rest um yeah or if you need to fast like a lot of, sometimes i'll wake up and i just need to fast like okay my body just needs fluids right now like it'll let me know when i'm hungry <laughs> and so uh for husbands and um all the support um i would just say uh, and my husband says this too. He was just like for for husband, wife, partners. Like, make sure to exercise patience with one another because, like you said, like your body's changing, the um, family dynamics is changing, and so you're learning a new. Um, there's a new rhythm. You're learning, you're both learning something new every single day, and so one of the things that we did different this time with our daughter is every morning we would wake up. Um, we would have we would have a game plan the night before and at the end of the day we would sit down like for the first few weeks and we still do this we'll talk we'll just be like okay hey how are we doing how are you feeling is there anything that we can do differently that can help you out that can like how are how are things like and being completely transparent like it doesn't matter how big or how little it is like it's like even when nick just gets up in the morning, right after I'm breastfeeding, he'll just immediately get her and go change her diaper. Even like small things like that, like it just makes the world of a difference. Like, oh man, he's just like, nope, I got it. You fed her, I'm room changer. <laughs> and so um, we do that. So just communication, communication, and just having patience with each other because you both want the best. You both want the best. And so remember, you are on a team together. You're not against, you're with each other. So just, um, just love on each other and just have patience with each other and have patience with yourself as you're going through it and, and you're growing. And so that's, and pray. <laughs> God above everything. Okay. Like lean into your faith for real, because that is what's going to see through it all. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being on the podcast for having this conversation for just being who you are as a woman. Uh, you are an example to me in a lot of different areas. Um, and a lot of the tips that you give us, not only here, but on our Sunday night calls and you know the encouragement that you give via text messages, you are a light everywhere you go. And I am grateful that God allowed you to birth humans that will be in his army. Oh, to win people over to him because if they are even a fraction of the um, expression of love and grace and joy and friendship that you are, the world would be a beautiful, beautiful place. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Operation Miss podcast. It is our hope that you leave this conversation showered with love and empowered to live. If you are interested in being a part of Operation Mist, please head to operationmist.org to learn more about who we are, what we do, and how we can serve you.